Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it Welcome, everybody, to a very random live stream. Did not intend on this one happening, but I am thrilled that it is. We got a guy who's about to be out of town, so we squeezed it in. I didn't think it was possible for another human being to go harder in the paint than I have on the Kanye West, Kyrie Irving treatment, the cancellations over the past, I don't know, month. Um, but this man has. So we'll bring him in in just a second. You know who he is based off the description, but I'll tell you about our sponsor first, and that is Expat Money Summit. They're an upcoming online summit by my friend Mikhail Thorup from expatmoney.com with over 30 experts who are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. It's free to attend. It is this week upcoming expatmoneysummit.com reclaim your freedom from chaos and uncertainty topics will include how to secure your own plan b safe haven how to legally reduce your tax burden where the best countries are in the world to find freedom for yourself and your family how you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions and get in and out of different countries borders you'll also learn about a libertarian island haven private cities communities on the ocean and food and energy independent towns in latin america just added to the lineup the great dr ron paul again register for free at expatmoneysummit.com this is your way to fight back against what is happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. When the nukes start flying, you're going to want to know where to go. <laughs> Again, expatmoneysummit.com. And without further ado, the man of the hour, the most based human being to ever walk the face of the earth, the animal himself, Anomaly. What's up, man? Dang, that's that's a tough uh, title to live up to. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, thank you for squeezing the time in, man. I'm, I'm stoked that you're going to get a little vacation. I'm sure we need it after this year. Good Lord. Um, so for those in the audience that are blissfully unaware as to what's transpired with Kanye West and Kyrie Irving, Kanye got, I mean, you go ahead and what's your what's your version of events as to why these dudes got canceled? I guess we could start with Kanye. He went on the Drink Champs podcast and, yep. you know, it's a hip hop podcast. A lot of people have never seen it before. And I guess usually hip hop artists just get drunk and it's very free flowing. It's very not politically correct. That's the gist of it. But most artists aren't really talking about much. No offense. Drop baby mama drama. You know what I'm saying? Right, Maybe right, some right. beat rap beef. I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but I watch the podcast. That's a lot of it. And Kanye comes out and, you know, it was after his tweet and he starts talking about just, I guess, his relationship with certain Jewish people in the industry. And then I guess he went on to Pierce Morgan and Lex Friedman and the entire system kind of came down on him. And Kyrie shared an Amazon link on his you know, Instagram and Twitter, which I still haven't seen. And they basically told him to hit the road until he goes on some like Nick Cannon apology tour times 20. It's like a, <laughs> it's like the next level of Nick Cannon apology tour. He had to do like five different things like for the ADL. Yeah. I, I got the the list and this is one of the funniest tweets I've ever read, by the way, it says they got Kyrie on a full ass Skyrim side quest. <laughs> <laughs> so, he says sources Nets have delivered Kyrie Irving six items. He must complete to return to the team apologize and condemn the movie he has already apologized five hundred thousand dollar donation to anti-hate causes which by the way he offered to the adl and they rejected it uh sensitivity training anti-semitic training meet with adl jewish leaders and meet with joe Tsai, to uh, that's the owner of the brooklyn nets to demonstrate understanding Dude, my god side quest <laughs> skyrim side quest that's so funny it really is it's like it reminds me of legend of zelda you know he's got He's got five days to complete the five tasks and the ADL is going to ban him from society. Oh, dude, it's so oh it's so it's so over the top. And, you know, I mean, I think if I wasn't a fan of these guys, which I happen to be 
and I happen to be a fan of Alex Jones, which is it's tough because like I I I can't help but be biased. Like I would probably defend these guys anyways, but the truth of the matter is like at my core, the real reason I'm defending these dudes is because I understand that this is this is coming after all of us. Like it's so clear that they want anyone who's a dissident thinker who pushes back against either modern events or historical ones. Uh, to not be able to speak. And now it's not just not be able to speak, but like if you have a platform, they're going to find a way to essentially rip out from underneath you all of your financial tools, you know, your banking and uh, right. business contracts, shit like that. Is that is that your read too? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different layers out of it. I think Kanye let the cat out of the bag and then, you know, Kyrie kind of followed. But first of all, Kyrie, when it comes to the NBA, he's the only player, not the only player to not get vaccinated, but in New York and San Francisco, the government had the law. So there were three teams that had the forced vaccine. All the other teams didn't. Kyrie was the only player on the Knicks, the Nets, and the uh, Golden State Warriors to not get vaccinated. So he just came off of an entire season of basically getting terrorized by the NBA and the Democrats in, in office for being a healthy man. You know, one of right. the healthiest people, one of the best players in the NBA. And then he finally gets back in the league, posts an Amazon link. Uh, you know, I, I just see so many different layers of it. So I'll let you kind of guide the conversation because the Lord knows I could talk about this too much. So, yeah, you know, no, no, I think I think that's a great point. And, and I think that's one that's probably been overlooked by people who aren't, uh, you know, either hardcore anti-lockdowners or hardcore basketball fans. And I happen to be both. So I've been following that story. Um ever since, you know, last season. And, and I, I couldn't believe both how he was treated, but more importantly, the courage that he demonstrated during that period. Like the fact that he was willing to, I, I don't think people understand. He, he was prepared to sacrifice over $15 million just that season alone. And it looks like, I mean, I think it's fair to ask the question, like he's obviously way more talented than Colin Kaepernick was at his job. And I think that there's a chance that he's out of the league if he if he doesn't just totally acquiesce and fulfill the the side quest. Yeah, well, with Kaepernick, you know, he's definitely obviously one of a great player or else he couldn't have played in the NFL. But when he did sure. his activism, he was kind of on the decline. He wasn't even starting. Right. And that, that it's still great to be a second quarterback on a team. That's something most people in this country can't do. But Kyrie is one of the premier uh, guards in this league. You know, I think he's a max contract player. So, yep, um, you know, first of all, I want to say Patriot Jay nailed it. I don't know if he thought of this first, but I did see him tweet it first. He said, you know, the response to the Kyrie Amazon link probably promoted it more than the actual post, which is true. Probably this many people would have saw it if nobody cared. And this many people saw it because of the ADL's response and everybody's response, you know, left wing and right wing. So, it's, I, I want to like, see it. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to see what it's all about. You know? $50 in a three hours to me. I, I, I'm not going to say I have ADD, but I'm more of a, unless I'm really into it. I'm like, do I really want to watch this Hebrews to, you know, uh, documentary? To, to but, yeah, exactly. I don't, by the, I don't, by the way, as a rapper, that must offend you because that, that does not flow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you, you can make anything flow if you got a good sound, but in general, it was the promotion of, or, or rather the, I guess, attack on Kyrie's ability to post that, which made it big. And I think that's a metaphor, in my opinion. And I know these groups like stop anti-Semitism and, you know, the ADL will say, how dare you? You know, how, like I, I even saw a tweet. It was like, stop anti-Semitism. They said, how dare Candace Owens tell us what we can and can't do? I mean, at the end of the day, everybody can weigh in on 
different things and you don't have to agree with it. But I do believe Jewish groups uh, biggest enemy sometimes is themselves. They took a documentary nobody was going to watch because Kyrie, you know, maybe a couple thousand people would have watched it and now probably a couple million people watched it. So they kind of created their own problem by reacting so harshly to it. And uh, they, they lack self-awareness and self-accountability. And, you know, I've been listening to a lot of opponents of Kanye and that sort of stuff. I listened to Alexander Ali debate uh, Gavin McGinnis on the topic. You know, Ali was more pro-yay and Gavin McGinnis was more it's anti-Semitic, I'm a Zionist or whatever. And it was funny because uh, everybody I see that doesn't like yay ends up admitting, even I believe Dennis Prager did, they're like, yeah, that's anti-Semitic, it's bad. But he kind of did get proven true because they did cancel him in the way he said they did. So in their interpretation and analysis, uh, they're saying he's wrong, it's hate speech or it's bad, he shouldn't say that, he's wrong. But, you know, that was right. So they're going under this guise of he just got lucky, right? He just must have said that and then they proved him right, which was bad. What if he was speaking the truth? What if it wasn't that they just had made a mistake and overplayed their hand? But if they've over been overplaying their hand for a long time and we've all seen it and, you know, I just find it funny. Even his biggest opponents are admitting that the response was basically what he said it would be. And, uh, yeah. But they're just acting like it's just random. And, you know, I, I don't think it is personally. No, I don't either, man. I'm That's what's that's what's tripping me out about this is like <clears throat> I've always thought that the anti-Semitic theories are totally ridiculous because like every jewish person i've had in my life has been a friend of mine and i've gotten along with them great and you know like dave smith's like my dude so uh obviously i i don't have that in me um but yet when you see someone speak out against this stuff and then you come down from every apparatus like every right. angle the entire like the entire institutional framework is able to just end not just someone but a billionaire you know, Kanye is a billionaire. Kyrie's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Like either way, it just shows like there is a level of power to this system that is above what the average person sees. And that's the funny thing is like that's the whole conspiracy theory. And now we get to see it in action. And the 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 really shitty part about this is like say it's not true. Say it's not true that like there's actually this this cabal, but there is a cabal of powerful people that just want to suppress these types of thoughts, but it's not necessarily Jewish. Well, now you have a whole bunch of people out here that are, are questioning the, the very, uh, you know, their, their prior presuppositions and their prior tolerant viewpoint towards all sorts of communities. And they're saying, well, fuck, should, have I, have I missed something here? And I, I like, I think that basically what I'm saying is they're creating the monsters that they're trying to crush. Does that make sense? For sure. Well, Dave, for example, you know, a, a great Jewish American, a great American in general. Yeah. I, I love Dave. Uh, that's how you kind of crush anti-Semitism, in my opinion, when you could look at people who are skeptical in the face and just be reasonable. You know, I know that he's had like conversations with uh, people like Owen Benjamin, where most people would write him off, where Dave would rather just have a debate or a conversation and say, I might not, uh, you know, I'm myself, you're you, but I'm not going to cry hate speech all the time. And that's why people respect Dave. So respect is earned. It's not taken. And I think people like Shapiro and Prager, they don't realize what they're doing, or maybe they do. But, you know, when the left wing media does something and you jump on the same thing and you say you're against hate speech, but you cry hate speech or you're Lex Friedman 
And you say that you shouldn't talk about groups of people. You should talk about individuals. But then as soon as Kanye says, let's not talk about history, Lex Friedman starts crying and say, well, we have to talk about history. My group right. suffered more than your group. What group, Lex Friedman? I thought <laughs> you didn't agree with. Oh, oh, I do have a group. So you do have a group when you want to yeah. identify for a victim card, but you don't have a group when it comes time for self-accountability. So I think it's a balance of understanding two different concepts that nobody of any race or religion is all good or all evil. You know, God made everybody and there's great and bad people in all religions. And if you can't criticize Christians or Catholics as anti-Catholicism, there's going to be corruption. And it goes the same with the Jewish community. But at the same time, I don't agree with this concept that we shouldn't talk about groups, because if you talk about Democrats, I know you don't mean all Democrats, but I understand what you mean. And I'm not right. going to call it hate speech because I get what you're saying. Did every Democrat do this? No, but enough of them for that label to make more sense than just talking about the individual. So when it comes to uh, certain stuff in media, you know, I believe personally it's OK to look at patterns. If you have a demographic in a certain area that's 95 percent and there's different trends in that area. Me personally, I don't believe it's hateful to compliment that group or criticize that group. It might not be the nicest thing I've ever seen. It might not be true. It might be true and it might hurt somebody's feelings and they might hate right. the truth and then it's hate speech. So I think <laughs> to dissect these complicated issues like, you know, uh, Jewish people with their, uh, you know, influence in media to simply just play the Prager route and say, yes, it's true, but it's hate speech because if people notice that it's happening, they're going to get mad at me is not it, it doesn't. It doesn't build trust, you know, the same way, say, a Dave Smith, someone that could walk into fire and, you know, not have to play a victim card. I think he's a great example of someone who makes people less anti-Semitic just because, you know, he's earned their respect versus uh, trying to crush their entire, you know, life livelihood. Right. Yeah. It's like respect is earned. It's not demanded. And and what they're doing to Kyrie and Kanye is that it's like you don't have to just respect this group, but you have to. You have to shut the fuck up and you have to acquiesce to our entire list of demands or we will ruin your entire ass life. And uh, I, I had never, you know, I'm not very religious, so I had never heard this term before or I had never had it applied in this way. But I, I did this thread yesterday where I was talking about how the, the Jewish community seems to be upset because they're being categorized in this group. And right. and I'm like, and they're, and they're saying, hey, we, we had nothing to do with the slave trade. And even if we did, like, we weren't alive back then. How are you going to hold us accountable? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what white people in America have been saying. Like, I, right. I I don't even think any of my relatives own slaves. But even if they did, like, what the fuck's that have to do with me? Like, that's hundreds of years ago, and I didn't. I would never condone it or do it myself. And now the black community is kind of feeling the same way because I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, like ESPN is just 24 seven questioning LeBron and and uh, KD and like right. all the all the basketball players are are being basically asked to condemn either Kyrie or uh you know the link that he shared and basically declare that they're not anti-Semitic and the black community is like hey just because one dude says something like I don't have to own it and I'm like hey yeah that's what we've been saying this whole time so basically I think that this is a battle of individualism versus collectivism and and uh Sam Tripoli retweeted my thread and he said this is what I'm talking about this Christ consciousness is that is that Christ consciousness I don't know I mean, I, I would have to see the thread and what, what was being spoken about. But I'll, I'll sure. say this when it comes to, 
the black and Jewish community kind of having this little like public duel. And it's not everybody, by the way, it's of just course. like certain individuals, but it's two victim cards battling it out. And personally, I think the Jewish community at the high levels is telling black people, yo, your victim cards strong, but it's not as strong as ours. <laughs> you know, I, I really think that's as like you said, you're like, I'm white, I'm an atheist. It's like, you know, for someone that doesn't have a, a, a victim card it's just i'm not gonna say it's funny but like it, it's kind of like just watching people where it's like oh i was i was able to get away with all this stuff for so long being like black right. power black pride but the second i went there i can't yeah because your victim card's not as strong as the jewish victim card it's just not you know yeah. and it's funny because where are the gays right now that to me the gays might have the strongest victim card in the world but they're sitting even the gays are sitting this one out they're like listen Blacks, Jews, they're like, you guys go at it. You know, we got this victim card. We'll, we'll come, we'll come like after you guys beat each other, we'll come in and then we'll tell you that we, we actually oversee all of y'all. But in general, I think, uh, you know, that's, that, there's three terms I want to put out here and it'll just really show you how society works. And when I say this stuff, I have no hate, you know, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I, I, I'm not a sensitive person, but you have the term white power, black power, and Jewish power. We'll start with white power. If those words are uttered and you're seriously like, that's your thing, you're destroyed your whole lot. You're a supremacist. You're, you know, basically like you can't exist anywhere. Nobody wants you left wing, right wing, go to A-chan or something. You know, it, if you just utter those words or believe those words, okay, whatever. You go to black power, that's publicly acceptable, right? Black power, black pride, buy black businesses, we support our own. So if you're white, you can't support your own. If you're black, you can support your own. If you're white, the word power associated with your group is a negative thing. If you're black, the word power with your group is associated as a positive thing. And if you're Jewish and you say Jewish power, they don't even want to be mentioned. So it's like white, you know, if you support it, you're the devil. Black, if you support it, that's a good thing. You can't go against it or you're bad. Jewish, don't even notice that we have power. <laughs> and if you even utter those words, which even if you compliment us, LeBron James one time posted a 21 Savage uh, Instagram reel where he said, getting money like I'm Jewish, everything's kosher. Right, it's some right. rap lyric. And he apologized. Think about all the stupid things that LeBron James has said. <laughs> he apologized for complimenting Jewish uh, community in, in a stereotypical way saying getting money. I mean, if that doesn't show you how much power that, that, that someone somewhere has, I'm not saying my Jewish friend has that much power, but right. you know, that it's like, and I, I kind of think I nailed it with the Lex Friedman sort of thing. I don't care if you consider yourself an individual or part of a group, because we all have certain tribes to a certain extent, but the Lex Friedman, I think really got exposed to Kanye. He doesn't believe in groups at all. It's only an individual until it comes time to not to leave his victim ca card behind. And uh, to me, it's like that was kind of the battle going on there. A black man in America and a Jewish man in America, you know, it was like a victim duel. But although they weren't acting like victims, but I think that's the ultimate hypocrisy is a lot of Jewish people in America, not all, not all, but some, they use their group as a shield to sometimes even get reparations and get money for historical events, sometimes to get victim cards, sometimes to, you know, elevate their status. But then when something happens in the community, they turn around and, and scatter and act like they don't even know that they even have a community. So I right. think, you know, I don't think that everybody's going to just randomly hate them. If people point this out, I think they have to have a little self-accountability and self-awareness. Sorry to go on a tangent, but I want to say Ben Shapiro called out Candace Owens, who retweeted a Jewish person. And Ben's now the gatekeeper. You can't retweet that Jewish person because he's left wing and he's against Israeli policies. But Ben said, oh, the ADL is a left wing group. I agree. But 
Do you agree that they're a left-wing group, Ben? Because they're also a Jewish group, and you constantly post their statistics and use their victim card and say, I'm the number one most hated person online by the ADL. If they're a left-wing biased group, why do you always back them so, and use their statistics? It's like, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, sneakery going on, and instead of owning <laughs> up to it, people would rather just, you know, pass speech laws in America and say that everybody's a racist. Uh, I don't oh, think man. it's true. That was a stellar breakdown. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. And it's obviously true that we have our own groups that like, like I would certainly categorize myself with the libertarians, you know, like it's just going to naturally happen. So, and we are oppressed probably more than anybody in this country. So I'm like, yeah, I, I also have my own, you know, injuries collectively that I, I probably would be overly defensive about. But I think right. even though, even though it's human nature to have that, I think that when we're functioning at our best is when we disconnect from that kind of hurt and we're able to like function in a more rational fashion. It's like, it's kind of like, like fighting out of emotion versus fighting when you're cool, calm and collected. Like you're probably going to win the fight. Boxers will tell you this, like if you go in there, you know, amped out of your mind, you're probably going to get knocked out. So I think that that's, I, I would just like to see people like actually having this conversation that you and I are having. Like, do we want to hold on to the injuries of our past based off of our collective identity group. Like, do we want right. that? Because I don't think we should want that. And I don't think that it's productive. And I think it ultimately divides us and it creates present visions in civilization because of prior, you know, right. breakups. And, and that's what Kanye was saying. But Lex was basically saying, like, I can't forget history because we don't want to repeat it. And if I could be compassionate for a second, you know, I understand why both groups feel that way. Say the black community they feel like they've been extremely wronged recently uh, and in the past. And they feel like that they don't have the same, you know, playing field. So if they just say, oh, we're equal now, they feel like they've already gotten duped so much to the point where they need a leg up. You right. know, but the, the, the sad part about that is they always fall for the worst political party and the worst groups that it's like they say they're giving them a leg up and they push them 20 times back further. And, you know, self-accountability, unfortunately, I think, you know, the conservatives are the closest to the truth. I'm not saying they have everything right, but, you know, fathers in the households, families and communities, I think that really is going to help you more than government or BLM. Um, and then when you come to the Jewish community, you know, the Holocaust is the ultimate, you know, historical event victim card where they did a Pew study in Jewish people. Because here's another interesting thing when it comes to the Jewish community. This made me really research. This is why I know a lot. I'm not going to act like I know everything. I'm still humble in a sense, uh, in that category. But I asked people, is it a race or a religion? And I wanted to know, cause I, I get, I kept getting confused, you know, and half of my audience was like, it's a race, it's a religion. And people started calling me anti-Semitic. Like I didn't even say, I just asked a question and it's like, that's Oh, you're anti-Semitic. You're so that's when I started realizing, I'm like, this is very strange. Some people say, some Jewish people come to you and say, it's a race, not a religion. And if you say it's not, I'm not a Jew because I'm racially, you're an anti-Semite. And then other people would say, I'm, you know, I'm a religious Jew. And if you're an ethnic Jew, but you're not religious, you're not really a Jew. And, and then there's people who say, you know, don't talk about the race at all. It doesn't matter. And then there's other people who say, I'm mad at Kyrie Irving and Kanye because they think they're racially a Jew. And that offends me because I'm the Jew and they're not the Jew. So you have all these competing ideologies, which is fine, but everybody's like willing to snap at you. So I started doing a lot of research and you know, one thing that I found was there's a Pew study. Uh, they asked a bunch of Jewish people, ethnic, religious, and the number one thing they all had in common was remembering the Holocaust. It wasn't food. It wasn't God. It wasn't tradition. It was remembering the event 70 years ago. 
And keep in mind, uh, obviously, that was tragic and horrible, but they've been a group for thousands of years. So it's just kind of odd that their whole existence revolves around that. And uh, once you start realizing that, it's like I get that their reason for always bringing that up is they don't want it to happen again and they don't want to get persecuted or hurt. But my personal interpretation in this community, if I could say it without being offensive, is if it, like they're always saying this has happened hundreds of times in history, but you never talk about the other 100 times. You only talk about 70 years ago. Not saying it's bad, not saying it's justified. It's horrific. World War II was evil. Millions of people died there. Communism, we all, you know. With that being said, though, if you take no accountability, it's the same as the, the, the black community saying, well, because of 300 years ago, we have to act this way. But if you're not acting, like you said, the right way now, the mistakes are going to keep repeating. So I think, you know, there is also a, an angle that Jewish people like Dennis Prager and, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro never want to talk about, which is things that maybe that happens in societies that people don't like. And instead of facing that, they kind of just cry hate speech. Like, for example, um, historically, uh, everybody was like ethnically singular. You know what I'm saying? And Jewish people have always kind of been scattered. So in, in a way, it's like a blessing and a curse. You know, they've always done really well, but it's always been this sort of outcast mentality. Because if you're a Jew in Germany or Italy and everybody's Italian and you're Jewish and it means something to you, it's a tough thing. Even being a minority in America, I know a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't matter. But it's like, it, you know. It's it like matters. when you're in a neighborhood and nobody looks like you, it's like, damn, you know, you got to have some empathy and sympathy for people. But with that being said, it's like, on one hand, I think their narrative is, oh, everybody has hated us forever, always, all the time, everywhere, uh, because they just hate us for no reason. But a lot of times also, I think it leads from, say, with the media, it's like, you know, is the media doing a good job? It's not to blame everybody, but they're really not. They're They're very evil. They're very divisive. And if someone points that out, I mean, Ted Cruz got called an anti-Semite for pointing out that Mike Bloomberg owns Bloomberg News. And Ted Cruz is like an Israeli supporter, donor. You know what I'm saying? He's not anti-Semitic at all. Right. But this is the kind of games that they play when you point out certain things that certain people are doing. So instead of owning up to it, where it's like in an Italian community, you got people committing crime or doing crazy stuff, be like, oh, yeah, it's not us, but we're going to take care of that. You know what I'm saying? We want to with them. It's like they, they don't even want to acknowledge it's happening. And Personally, I think it's been a massive curse for them. And the same with other communities. The longer you play the victim and the longer you you refuse to have even an ounce of self-awareness and self-accountability, the more curses are going to come your way. I Before, I'm sorry to go on a little rant, but I think the Anti-Defamation League has created more anti-Semitism than any far-right person ever. And I don't say that with pride. I think that's evil. Um, they're always promoting things that they hate. They're always being annoying and left wing and, and and sneaky and, you know, deceptive. They never want to have a debate. They're always strong arming companies like PayPal and the NBA. And it makes and they're doing it saying we're a Jewish group. It's like BLM. You know, it's like, oh, you're using a whole group as a shield and then you're doing evil stuff. It's going to make people hate the group. Like it would be like right. if I had a group and it's like Italians for unity. But then I was always doing deranged stuff and people are like, damn, we hate Italians now. It's kind of my fault. I'm kind of taking the whole thing on my back. And so I think there's dynamics to it. Of course, we don't want violence. Of course, we don't want people to hate each other. But, you know, we, we I, I think there's an element in both communities where they want to use history as a victim card because they don't want it to happen again. But the irony is the, the, the same thing that Kanye said with slavery is a choice. He didn't say it in those things, but he's like, 
he showed exactly that. He's like, I'm going to stand up and say something real, and then everybody's going to scatter, and nobody's going to have my back. You think that wouldn't have happened 200 years ago? It's the same history on loop because the people that are stuck in history are the ones refusing to acknowledge their own actions, and they keep doing the same mistakes over and over again, in in my view. Dude, that was phenomenal. Uh, I could not, I could not agree more. I mean, it really like, and it just on the, on a single point of what you brought up, I think that like as a community, if we're going to talk in these terms, which I don't really enjoy doing, but if we're going to do it, um, if you're, if you're never held to account for your behaviors, like it's obvious that Kanye West and a litany of other rappers have been wronged by Jewish like the people who drew their contracts, if it's an attorney or if it's an agent, I don't know who it is. And, and if those guys aren't held to account and, and it's, if you bring it up and it's like, that's anti-Semitic as opposed to saying like, what did this guy do to you? You know, like, let's, let's actually talk about it. Let's actually talk about how you got wronged so that hopefully we can deal with this underlying issue. But instead it's as you described it, it's that collective shield that's being used. Well then, the, the problem just gets worse and you just start to have more and more hate between these two communities, the black versus the Jewish community. And the funny thing is like, they don't really want to talk about that. In my opinion, there's a lot more animosity between the black community and the Jewish community than there is between the white community and the Jewish community. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with that, but based off of what I've seen recently, it certainly feels that way. And I think a part of that is one, it's, it's these two warring, you know, victim cards, as you described it, but also, you know, they have been wronged. They really have been by some individual Jewish people. So I don't know. Like, are they are they ever going to actually have this conversation to to try and bring the temperature down? Or are they just going to continue to bury it until it boils over? I want to ask a quick question and just flip it real quick. Like, you know, as much as you're an individual, like if you're at a bar, right? And someone's like, yo, I'm a libertarian. You know, you're going to, it's like, oh, that's my guy. You know what I'm that's saying? Same with like Italian, like, I'm an Italian. Oh, you're, <laughs> your dad owns the pasta shop. You know, everybody does have this natural, like, same that's with true. if you're a Christian. Like, I like talking to Muslim or Jews that are great. It's not like I only seek out Christians, but there's this like special connection. If you're Irish and someone's Irish, it just, you're like, oh, you, your mom make that food. So everybody has like a little bit of natural tribalism at least. And that's okay. I think the issue is the double standards and hypocrisy. And the problem is both of these groups, I think, don't want to give it up in a way. So from outside looking in, you know, black people in America are allowed to support their own businesses. But a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of these activists will cry racism if a white person ever did that. So all I'm at, it's like if you want to do support your own, why can't other people support your own? Well, that's racist and I'm not. Well, now you're beating down at that group and they don't have to like it. Just like I can understand why you do it if you're black or Jewish, but you got to understand why I would do it if I'm not you, because that's not my, you know, that's not my tribe in a sense for for those things. When it comes to Jewish, I think that they think if people realize that they do have in-group preference, not all of them, because there are millions of Jews that don't really care. They're not, they don't care about Israel. They're American citizens. They're patriots. But then there's also, of course, especially because of their history, but everybody's like this. There's articles I've read, I believe, in the Washington Post where there were Jewish people flying other Jewish people down to the south so they could make babies with them because they only wanted to have sex with Jews. Personally, I don't care. But like, imagine if that was another group doing that. Are you kidding? That would be called racist or whatever. You know, so it's the double standards that create the certain uh, uh, friction. And I think the black and Jewish clash 
has always been kind of boiling. One in New York City, you know, you have two of these groups kind of on top of each other, and there's always been a little contention, perhaps. Uh, but also, Black people have been told in America that they have this card that they can do all this stuff. And then when they're told they can't do all this stuff because of the Jewish guy, then it's like kind of a shocker. And I think it's also with, uh, you know, some of this stuff, it's, it's not everybody's responsibility, but I think it's also very naive. Like when the Prager's of the world and Shapiro's of the world be like, what, why even point out that there's Jewish people in media? Like Dennis Prager said, basically, Yes, there are overrepresented Jews in media, but that doesn't mean anything. And if you point it out, that's hate speech. And it's like if Christians owned 80 percent of the media and all of a sudden the whole country went pro uh, or, you know, anti pro choice or whatever it's called, pro life. I'm not saying every Christian is responsible because there's left wing churches. But don't you get what I'm saying? The pattern of, of the media being that group of people that pushes a certain narrative so it's not to say that they represent Judaism or they represent Israel, but I think it's very naive to be like, well, if we own, you know, say seven out of eight major conglomerates that are pushing media and everything is like anti-Christian, anti-white, you know, super Democrat, and you look at voting patterns of certain groups and they vote majority Democrat. And to, to even drop another red pill, I think there's a historical, and I'm not blaming all Jewish people for this. I'm just saying, I think there's a historical reason that certain Jewish people really do like diversity because when they're in a country of people, and there's quotes, I'm not just saying this to be hateful. I've seen quotes of people who have admitted this, like major leaders say, you know, when we're an outcast in a country where it's like a majority of one race, it's like, we kind of stick out like a sore thumb and people will start getting mad at us. So it, it plays into certain people's benefits to diversify everything to the point where wow. nobody, you know, there isn't really a group that has a certain uh, majority this I way. It's never easier even thought to kind about of that. Blend in. And I want to say this too, because it's not just Jewish people who feel this way. I have friends that are women that are Indian, right? Beautiful women grew up in America as Indian. They've always felt a little bit outcasted because even though they're beautiful, well, there's all these white girls, you know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like I feel their pain because it's like, yeah, so they want the country diversified as well. They're not racist specifically, but for their racial worldview, it makes right. them feel more comfortable rather than be the only Indian girl in, in in a Mean Girls Lindsay Lohan episode with a bunch of white girls, you know, looking at yeah. me and like, why do you dress like that? So I think, I think it's human nature, man. Like, I, have you ever been to Europe? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Okay, well, I remember when I went to Europe, anytime I was staying in hostels, which are these little cheap, you know, nightly places, and anytime yeah. I would run into an American, it was there was an instant kinship. It was just like it was because because everyone around us wasn't an American. So it was like, oh, my guy, like I get you. I know you. I understand you. I know your culture and shit like that. So it's a, it's just human nature. And it's just fascinating that that we are we're essentially like demanding that people fight their own human nature. And I, I think ultimately when you do that, when you suppress human nature, it just it creates you know, external problems that you may not expect. And I don't think that it's healthy. And I think that that's what's happening when you, when you make it so that you can't talk about a group of people, but only one group of people, right. Then, then it's like, well, what do you think's going to happen, man? Like, I, I'm not even saying this is a good thing. I don't want it to happen. I'm just saying maybe stop, maybe stop right. doing that so that this doesn't boil over. Uh, just real quick, Two super chats. Uh, yeah. Jack the mimic says, uh, "Have you ever spoken to a girl who has a bunch of toxic boyfriends who always mistreat her, and after a while, you get the feeling that maybe she was the problem in all those relationships?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. Let me let me just say quickly. 
I am not disavow. I, yeah, <laughs> I disavow that when it comes to the Holocaust and any other, you know, mass uh, purgings of human beings. That's not that's not okay. Uh, he also says, anyway, on a completely separate note, it's weird how many cultures have had animosity towards the Jews. <laughs> well, there's a little uh, sarcasm in that one, but um, you see, like in Europe, even now, and I think America, in some ways, we're like so diverse that we don't see it. But like Brazil, I watch surfing. Dude, the Brazilians are ruthless. Like their nationalism is off the charts. Like that, you know, you talk to an Argentinian and call him a Mexican, dude, he'll <laughs> want to punch you in the face. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, sure. are you kidding me? Like they they literally think they're better than other people. So this idea oh, yeah. that it could only be Americans or Jews. Puerto Ricans? It's, it's happening all over. Yeah, for sure. And then <laughs> vice versa. They they all have this kind of, you know, racial pride. Um, so I think it exists and I think it to some extent makes sense when that's just the way things were for a long time. And in general, it's okay. I think to love yourself, but what well, you were saying, what's weird is like, we accept that with every other culture, but like with Americans or white people in particular, it's like fucking absolutely not. And it's funny because I don't really have a problem with that. Like I don't have a problem with not taking pride in my skin color. I think it's, right. I think it's pointless. I didn't do anything to achieve it. So like, I don't want to be uh, viewed in that way. But I, at the same time, I don't have a problem with someone who's a Puerto Rican who says, I love being Puerto Rican and Puerto Ricans are fucking the greatest thing that's ever walked the face of the earth. And like, it doesn't bother me. I just think it, it when it comes to hate, hating other people who aren't Puerto Rican, then I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe chill. Right. And the question is, why is this happening? Right. So you have in this country, there's massive double standards on all fronts, right? For like men, women, different racial groups. Like it's, it's gotten so crazy, I think. The peak crazy is like, I was just listening to Rogan's podcast with Matt Walsh, what it is to be a woman. Like, that's the peak crazy when you have left-wingers who can't even say what a woman is, even though they're trying to transition to a woman. So, you know, why is this happening? And there's, there's, if you can't talk about certain things, you're never going to get to the core of why it's happening. I want to say real quick, with groups that are, say, like these Jewish organizations, they hate the far right. How many of them are out condemning the Azov Battalion? You know, Facebook is owned by a Jewish CEO, right? You know, I'm sure they work with groups like the ADL. I'm not sure, but I, I would highly doubt that they don't sure, do stuff sure like that. Do, yeah. You know, they changed their policies to allow you to support the Azov Battalion, who was before the war known as a neo-Nazi group. But now it's OK to praise them in con in context of the war because they're right. fighting Russia and this is this new proxy war. So it's like these same people who believe in these values don't actually believe in the values. I mean, you see it on Twitter, too. I'm not saying what's right or wrong, but like if Kathy Griffin gets banned, the left wing cries, the right wing cheers. If James O'Keefe gets banned, like, you know, they, they're going to there's this game where people just don't even care what's right or wrong anymore. They just want to win. Um, with that being said, I think these groups will end up hurting their own people the same way that Israel locked down and did this whole little Pfizer routine, you know, and wouldn't allow their own people. So, you know, there's speech laws being passed through government that say you can't criticize the government of Israel in a certain way. But if they're, in my R opinion, Ron DeSantis in my backyard doing that. Yep. Right. And it, it's crazy because the, the, the concept is, well, that's the Jewish home and you must hate all Jews if you hate them. Do I hate all Canadians if I don't like Canada? Do I hate all Italians if I don't like the government of Italy? It's not true, but that's another one of these safe space double standards victim cards that Israel has over the world. And they almost like it as a sense of power. But then when you talk about it, they kind of throw their hands up. But like you said, I think that that is going to end up 
really uh, backfiring in a, in a negative way because at the end of the day, you can't treat people like that with, without people getting annoyed to a certain extent. And I want to say this real quick too, because I don't personally think you should ever beat down and hate on any ethnic group. And if you're going to do something, you got to let someone else do it. But there's a lot of people, and this is the hidden hand that nobody really knows or everybody's afraid to talk about. I have clips of the guy who basically puppeted BLM. His name was Eric Mann. He was part of that terrorist organization, Weather Underground. He has an interview where she said, where does your worldview come from? And he said, I grew up in a Jewish socialist household. And he said, my mom told me the world was made up of goyim, which means non-Jews, and they're trying to attack us and we got to fight those anti-Semites. So his, and this is not everybody's mom. It's not like every Jewish mom raises their kid this way, but his specific ideology came from, there's a world made up of non-Jews coming for me and I got to attack them. I believe Josh Hammer, who, who's been calling everything anti-Semitic, he used to work for Daily Wire, now he works at Newsweek. There's a deleted tweet that I believe is real, where he said that Europeans have Jew, you know, Jewish hatred in their DNA, basically saying every European must just hate us. So this is more common than people think. It's not everybody. I wouldn't even say it's like as high as 10%. But say if it is, there are people like that in media, which there are, I just proved two people that are very influential, that literally it's the reversal. It's like, you know, people that say they're fighting racism, but they're the real racist. You know, right. these people that are like, oh, these people must all hate me, but it's a projection because they actually hate all those people. So there yeah. are, it does, just like, you know, they talk about white supremacy and there are people that think they're better because they're white European. There are people at high level positions that think they're better because they're Jewish and they despise white Europeans with seething hate. And I think a lot of the anti- you know, hate that's going on in this country comes from that root. That's why I believe, even though he did it kind of sloppily, when Kanye mentioned that word, they spiraled because it's really closer to home than people realize. Not because it's everyone's fault, not because they all feel the same, but I consider Shapiro the same as the left-wing media types, where he says it's anti-Semitic to talk about Jewish control in media, but then he literally talks about all Arabs being like bombers and, you know, like, at least just be consistent. I don't yeah. care if you like your people more than like Arabs. It do, it personally doesn't bother me. But when you're you have tweets that say all Isra Israelis like to build and Arabs like to destroy, is that not the same thing or worse than what Kanye is doing? You're grouping an entire group of people and saying they're all bad, we're all good. Ben is that's why they spiral when someone else does it because they want to be the only ones doing it. How uh, you know certain Damn, people. Dude. Yeah, well, I would, and for the record, I would say it is worse because. In that, in those interviews where Kanye's pressed, especially the Lex Friedman interview, he's like, he's like, look, I want to get past this. He's like, I like, we're all people. I, this is all love, you know. Like, so Ben ain't saying that, you know. He's not, right. he's not like then pivoting off of what I would consider some collectivist nonsense, but like with some truth to it. Um, into like, yeah, let's let's all get past this and love each other. Ben's just like, fuck these people, you know, and. Right. And I, I, I don't respect it. And I and I think, you know, what, what really bothered me is like, number one, Candace Owens is his fucking employee. So he can just call this lady up or email or whatever. But no, he quote tweets there and says, I don't think you should be quote tweeting people like this. And it's like, oh, so are you saying that like, like, basically you're deciding what your what Candace Owens can say now when it comes retweet. to retweet? Retweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and she it's not like. And she even said, like, I don't even know who this dude is. I just thought his point was good. And, and it's just so it's so weird because he's like supposed to be the anti-cancel culture type fringe, right. you know, uh, conservative movement. But yet he's still doing the whole like 
like basically that dude's canceled. Like whoever, uh, do you remember who it was that she quote tweeted? I forget his name. Yeah, it was Max Blumenthal. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. a half Jewish, uh, but he's very critical of Israel. And, you know, he talks about Zionism, I would say accurately, but you could also say not accurately. I don't really care. Um, but he, I believe he is Jewish himself, at least part Jewish. So, th but this is, uh, this is why I'm also so passionate. I saw all this happen in 2019 behind closed doors. They've been blacklisting and blackballing me since 2019, not in some sort of severe way because they can't, I won't allow it. But, uh, you know, I, I know once I realized that DeSantis and Trump were passing these speech laws, once I started talking about it, they use these straw man arguments. For instance, oh, Clint, you, you like the Second Amendment? Oh, you must agree with the school shootings. You know, that's mm -hmm. a straw man. That's the most evil straw man possible. Oh, you support these speech laws? You must want Jewish students to get attacked on college campus. Of course not. Why would I want that to happen? I just want the First Amendment. So I started realizing people kept telling me, Anomaly, shut up about the speech laws. Don't do that. Don't. I'm like, why? And I kind of went down this path three years ago where I'm like, oh, this party's full of crap. They only agree with free speech for, uh, you know, their agenda. And Shapiro, right. I, ironically enough, he tweets the speech laws himself. One of them says, you must say that all Jewish people in America are loyal to Israel. And it's as hilarious as saying me, like, since I'm Italian, every Italian in America is loyal to America. And if you suggest that any Italian doesn't have loyalty to America, you're anti-Italian as the speech laws are getting passed. So this is why Prager and Shapiro are spiraling is because Kyrie and Kanye, even though they're not talking about them, they're exposing the fact that they are who people think they are. They are, in a sense, controlled opposition. They are pushing agenda for a foreign country in this country and then passing speech laws to say, if you even say that they're doing it, that's hate speech. Sorry, Dennis Prager. This is America. The First Amendment's the First Amendment. You can cry anti-Semitism when somebody points out a fact that you don't like, but it doesn't hold any weight here because you haven't pushed enough speech laws. I know you want to really bad, Prager and Shapiro, but you know, this is America. Join join the First Amendment. We let we appreciate all the work you've done, but stop trying to undermine the Constitution and cry hate speech when somebody, you know, suggests that there might be a single human being. And this is, you know, what would you call that? I would call it sneaky. That's a very sneaky thing to do. But then they'll say, oh, that's anti-Semitic to say I'm sneaky. You are sneaky. Not everybody. I have dozens of Jewish friends who aren't sneaky, but you are. So respect is earned. You know what I'm saying? Titles are earned. You can't do this stuff. Use your people as a shield and then cry hate speech when people know. It's almost like you're sacrificing your own people. It's like the same thing BLM does. They sacrifice their own neighborhoods and cry racism when you point it out. So, you know, Kanye's exposed something very important, which is both sides of media are, you know, up to something. And... I, I couldn't believe it. And I know, you know, but once I said I disagree with speech laws, they're saying you must be Hitler. You must be that. You must be that. And it's like, really? So That's you don't so believe crazy, in free dude. speech on, in the right wing? Man, you, you fucking crushed it again. That that was such a good analysis. I uh, I'm, I'm rarely left speechless, but that did it. Um, yeah. I mean, this is what this is what irritates me. It's like like I understand people are going to be inconsistent, but when you are right like your platform is based around free speech and like ending cancel culture and fighting like i can't allow that hypocrisy like, i can't allow it i can't be around you and and if i see it in you i can't respect anything else you do and that's kind of right. how i feel about shapiro and, and prager now it's like y'all are fucking you may you may share my values all the way up like 99 percent of the way but then it gets to your community and it's like, right. we're going to do a whole bunch of un-American, unconstitutional shit to look after our 
people. I don't even know if Prager's Jewish, to be honest, but I'm just saying like, like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, where, why is this double standard accepted? And I'm not allowed to mention it. I'm not allowed to discuss it. Like, fuck that. I'm going to discuss it because I believe in free speech for everyone. And I am against deplatforming and cancel culture for everyone. And that goes for right. Kanye and it goes for Kyrie. And as actually, for the record, it goes for Kathy Griffin, too. I don't want to see any of these people deplatform. I think a 30 day spent suspension would be adequate for anything aside from like posting child porn or doing something totally fucking evil like that. I don't know. It's, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's psychotic to basically like not allow people to speak openly about your group, calling it hate speech, and then crying hate when people realize. Like that's psychotic. It's like you're doing something that people don't like because it's wrong, and instead of admitting that what you're doing is wrong, you just try to black. It's it's kind of it reminds me of the Biden administration. I consider them like a highly paranoid administration because they're so. They're not comfortable because everything they do is a lie. So they're always like, you know, censor, censor, silence, silence, because that's the only way they can operate. When you tell the truth, it's like, hey, you might not like it, but this is the truth. I know people are going to feel it. But with them, it's like we got to rig everything all the time, because if we don't rig everything all the time, then no one's going to believe us. That's kind of how they're operating, where it's like, dude, just admit that you're doing that. But what they try to do is really like black, like they're like Kanye's crazy. You know, Candace shouldn't talk to him. Uh, you know, that's anti-Semitic point blank. Well, then why don't you debate them? I put up a video to just expo explain why free speech is so important. All right. There's two people that are possibly the opposites, right? You have Louis Farrakhan, the black leader of the nation of Islam and Ben Shapiro, the Jewish, you know, host of Daily Wire, right? Very, I mean, they probably couldn't be more opposite. Okay. Ben always says that, you know, Louis Farrakhan's evil. And, and he always, this is what bothers me even more than that is he plays this guilt by association game. So it's like if Candace even retweets this guy, right. that's, hey, off my D, bro. I can retweet whoever I want. I'm a grown man, right? If you retweet someone I don't like, but what they said was whatever, you have the right to do that. But in general, he always says like any Democrat or any black celebrity who talks to Louis Farrakhan, they're always trying to like blacklist black celebrities who talk to Louis Farrakhan. I'm going to tell you guys something. Black people love Louis Farrakhan. Not all of them, but a lot of them. He's a black legend in this country. He's 88. He did the Million Man March. He's like a Malcolm X, Martin Luther King type figure that's still alive. You don't have to like him. You could call what he's saying nasty and whatever. But to, to try to blacklist somebody who's spoken to him, I'm a grown man. I can't interview Louis Farrakhan. I can't speak to him. I can speak to Obama if I want. You know, it doesn't mean we're best friends. But if I want to, if Obama wants to sit down with me for 10 minutes, I'm allowed to talk to him. It doesn't mean I'm doing, you know, I'm a man. I can just speak to who I want. But with Farrakhan, I put together two clips of Farrakhan on the vaccine and Ben Shapiro on the vaccine. Farrakhan was telling the black community not to get it. Ben Shapiro was saying it's such a problem that the black community is not getting it because vaccine hesitancy is a problem. And it was just funny because I was like, it was blowing people's minds because they're like, I love Ben Shapiro I, I and I hate Louis Farrakhan. But I feel like he's right about the vaccine. And I'm like, this is the beauty of free speech that not everyone's right about everything. But if you blacklist an entire person, Ben Shapiro says, I'm the only one who's morally superior. Bro, you were wrong about the most important topic in recent history. So instead of blacklisting Candace Owens and crying about it, you should sit down with Candace and, and Candace should sun you and treat you like a little baby. <laughs> I know he likes to wear those jean jackets. He thinks he looks like a big boy. He looks like a Gerber model out of Oshkosh Bagash. He looks like a little baby. She should sun you and she should educate you. Like he's trying yeah, to re-educate yeah. Candace Owens. Bro, I don't care what Candace Owens retweets. I don't care if she says white people suck, dude. She was right about the jab and you were wrong. So, you know, how dare you try to re-educate her? You should get re-educated. 
and I'll take you shopping, bro. You can't be wearing Oshkosh Bagash jean jackets, but we're going to restyle you. Maybe if he spent less time hating on Ye, he'd have better style, you know, instead of looking like a Gerber baby, you know, like lot, like ran out of the CPS lot. <laughs> he needs to strap up some Yeezys. He needs to get some style on his game. Oh right. my God, that was funny. Um, yeah, I totally agree, man. Let's let's run through these less super chats and we'll get out of yeah. here. Uh, we got my homie Ofer says, uh, I'm an Israeli uh, oh, Jew, I guess. Christianity was an improvement. It gave everyone a soul for Jews. Supremacy is baked into the doctrine and culture, and it's time for the Goyim to stage an intervention. Hmm. What do you think about that? I don't know. I definitely, I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into everything because when it comes to even religion, although I believe in certain things, I try not to like, like, I I don't like personally, like Christians that are like, oh, Muslims are bad. bad. You know, it's like, it's annoying because then, you know, as somebody that's kind of on the outside, like Christians are bad, Muslims are, it's just yeah. an annoying conversation to have. It's I don't, like, don't want to be in that well, to be honest. It's annoying. But I do think in general that, you know, there are certain rules and lot like in a Muslim country, there's a reason they pray eight times a day. It's not random. That's their doctrine. You know what I'm saying? Why are they so tough on crime in like Saudi Arabia? Because that's their doctrine. So when you have Christianity in America, you have a certain way of life. And now that it's getting sucked out, you have this like inverted, you know, like climate change is your new religion. Pfizer's your new religion. If you don't think that little girls should be boys, then you're a racist. Like this is the new religion. So I think that you know, the classic story is I think Jesus was, uh, you know, a Jewish man who was the it, like in the same way that George Washington was a Brit. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, he was British, but it was Americanism that defined George Washington, even though he's British. Jesus was a Jew, but it was his the Christianity, the foundation of it that made him that. And I, I do think personally, although I don't like to judge because I think there's probably some great stuff going on somewhere that a lot of people are rejecting you know, the wisdom and knowledge of, of certain like ancient wisdom. And, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, regardless of your religion, if you think up is down, down is up, left is right. There is no gender. It, if fat is amazing, you should be obese and you could be on the NFL. Like eventually reality is going to set in, you know, it's like San Francisco. You can say whatever you want, but like that city's going to shit. So, you know, so I, <laughs> that's how I, I, I don't take the religion of it. Like, oh, I'm so much better because of this. But it's like, you know, the truth is the truth at the end of the day. And I do think that there are people out there uh, rejecting it, but I'm, I'm concerned about myself because I'm not a perfect person. So I'm, you know, I'm focused yeah. on, you know, not slipping in this crazy world. They, they're out here trying to transition me, Clint. I got a doctor <laughs> behind me trying to switch my gender. No, I'm just kidding, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy world. So I try that, to be as respectful. No, that, that's just in our water supply. Uh, get my <laughs> Alex Jones on. Uh, no, I agree with you, man. I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the one tie that binds most religions, if not all, I haven't studied them enough to say, but is kind of this belief that, you know, we are all one, you know, that's kind of like the thing that I would like to get back to is even though I'm agnostic, I still have always valued that aspect of religion. And I feel like the more we get into our tribes, the the further we get away from that ideal. I'm not saying it's like, an, it's, I, I think it's actually counter to human nature to, to view our fellow humans as ourselves, but I think we behave at our best when we manage to do that. So I think that mm. that's the lesson that people ought to take away from religion and, and try and apply it, even if they're not religious themselves. Um, Simp Kalkin, Simp, Simp Alpin, Simp Kalkin. I don't know how to say it. Hey Clint, can you tell Anomaly that he's a cool guy? You're a cool guy, Anomaly. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Clint. <laughs> and thank you, Sal. I'm, I'm going to pretend like Clint just came up with that himself and not give you credit, my man. Thank you Clint, for that unique. My, my pleasure. 
Uh, Adam Choi says, uh, what advice would you give to Jews like myself who are not Federal Reserve shareholders and want to see a more peaceful and tolerant world on all fronts? Me? or Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll just, say, I'll say, yeah, I mean, first. from, yeah, from my vantage point, uh, first off, just know that, like, I don't, I don't view you any differently because you're Jewish and I never will. And I think that it, like who you are as a person has nothing to do with how you were born or the religion or any of that shit. So, uh, but if you want to like get in the fight, I think that that would probably be helpful to just say like, look, yeah, the, the collectivist way that Kanye described it, not necessarily helpful. However, let's talk about these fucked up contracts that rappers keep getting put into or, or NBA stars or whatever, you know, or actors or shit like that. Like, they have a real gripe there. And I think that having, because we were, we live in this fucking collectivized, like uh, identity politics world, it would probably be beneficial for some Jewish people who aren't, you know, holding up the Israeli flag to come out and say like, Hey, yeah, like there is some fuckery afoot and, you know, just go from there. What do you think? Anything? Yeah. I want to say like, I, I do think that there is not all, but like, and, and I don't think they're mad at you, my brother. I think they're more at like higher level people, but like there is hate building. And I do believe personally that there are people in this country that have never had a good experience with a Jewish person because it is a small percentage. And if you didn't have a friend or someone growing up, all you might know is what you're reading online. So for me personally, no one could ever make me be hateful. You know, I mean, they could lie about me and say I'm hateful, but I've had just like there's disproportionate amount of Jews in the media. I've had disproportionate amount of Jewish people in my life that have been, you know, uh, very kind people that have opened their house to me, taking me on vacations. One of my best uh, friends that lives in Hawaii, I could stay with them for free. Nicest guy in the world. He's left wing, but different. I have friends that are right wing and different people that aren't uh, uncomfortable with conversations. So I've, I'm friends with Roseanne Barr. I've actually smoked weed with her. That was oh, hell yeah. one of the highlights of my life. Just hanging out <laughs> with her smoking weed. So it's like I've had this experience where I'm like, oh, I, I know it's not like everybody's in on it, you know, but I think Jews have this and like same with black in America. If you look at their voting patterns, they, they go like heavy one way. You know, I guess Christians do in a sense, but it's like if you're black and you choose to be Kanye West, the black community tr tries to ruin your life. I, I always said they hated Candace Owens like more than they hated me with the Democrats because they just hate losing a minority. So I'm guessing it's a tough road to be Jewish and kind of stand up to this type of stuff. Cause it's, you know, I, I know my friend Andrew Meyer does it a bit and it's just, it's tough because like, you know, unfortunately when you have these communities and everybody majority thinks one way, when you stick out like a sore thumb and go the other way, it's like they hate you more than they hate a non-Jew or non-black when you're in those communities. So right. I would say just be a, a good person because I think in general, you know, that's what has, I've already had too many good experiences with great Jewish people. So I, I could never be someone that's like, oh, I hate everybody. I don't think that that's everybody because I don't think, but there are people like probably, you know, that haven't had good experiences. So I think with, if you create those and, and you're a decent person, like uh, that's really all you can do. You don't, being an activist is tough nowadays, in my opinion. Like, I, dude, I, I would, no offense, but I would not want to be black and standing up to BLM. Like, they're, they no. are so nasty, dude. Like, you know, like Kanye, they're like, dude, he's a sellout. He's a, I'm like, bro, you guys allow all this music about murder, drugs. Like, that's all fine. No, nobody cares about that. Everybody's getting shot. But Kanye comes out here on a podcast and says a few things and you're going to, it's not like more, it's the same with the Kyrie thing. Say it was the worst documentary in the world. Bro, he just got essentially kicked out of a sports league for not getting an mRNA injection. Andrew Wiggins still regrets it. They made him do it basically. He couldn't play the moral equivalency of those two. So, you know, it's a, it's a, 
it's a tough road to be a base Jew, my brother, but you, you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I've I've actually met Adam, and I, he's a libertarian activist, so he's already used to being on the outs with his community, and um, I'm sure it would make it doubly difficult to speak out against the Jewish community as a Jewish person. Uh, How about David and Spike too? Right, they're two pretty yeah. prominent, like uh, like libertarian Jewish people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I think, sure. Yeah, I, think I haven't heard good. like spike as much but someone was trying to set me up with like an interview with him um which one I, I, uh, with spike Cohen. oh yeah spikes spikes awesome man you, you'd you really get along with him well yeah no dave dave's dave's cool I, I, to me that's like you know when you see like if you're in a neighborhood and like you're afraid of crime and you, you know you're not trying to be racist but and then your neighbor is just a great black dude you know what i'm saying like that that goes way farther than like picket signs and yelling at someone you know what i'm saying like if if yeah. people hate what i know people that hate white people but they'll be like yo that was facts though you know what i'm saying like it's <laughs> like that's all you really can do is be the person they've never seen before and it's like i don't you know i, I understand there's millions of white people probably doing you know pro, like bad stuff somewhere right. in the world of course uh you know i can't use that as a shield but it's like when you give someone they're like dang some people have literally never seen it before, you know, like whether it's a black person to a white, they've never seen someone go against the normal. They've never seen, you know, yeah, I, uh, I think that's a great point. Just break the stereotype, like prove, prove the stereotype wrong in your day to day life. Like what more can you really do? I don't even know. Or, or be the stereotype and just cash out on it. Like if you're Jewish, just start a bagel <laughs> store and make millions. You know what I'm saying? If you're white, start a start a potato salad company with no mayonnaise and just make a fortune you know you either reject the stereotype or just lean lean into it hell and yeah be, dude. That, be that exact person yeah. i think you are start start black lives matter they already they already yeah. took your advice start, well, start a left-wing organization so, and, you know and, and i think call it hate speech when somebody uh <laughs> notices that you did it exactly and i think i think this is why i'm such an advocate for small government is because ultimately like we're all going to have racist and homophobic and sexist ideas uh, on an individual level sometimes like it's it's just human nature it's going to happen but if you don't have state power to enforce it and really fuck up an entire group of people well then you know it's just kind of an inconvenience more than it is like a life-ending event so i think that that's that's why i, I i'm going to continue to strive to minimize the state power so that they can't put uh you know you and I, Italians, white people, or Jewish people, or black people into fucking concentration camps, or Japanese people. They've put us all basically into camps at some point, um, and I feel like white people are the only ones that have missed that, and they are sharpening the guillotine as we speak. Anyways, thank you so much, Anomaly. Make sure you guys go check out his new single, uh, Bryson Gray, and it's All My Friends Are Shadow Band. I'm going to classify myself as one of your friends, because I am certainly Shadow Band. Thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Maybe that's our karma. At least my camp better have a basketball hoop. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> if you're going to throw me in a camp, give me a give me a basketball hoop. I want a hoop. For appreciate sure. Uh, anything else you want to leave the people with? Is there anything else they should go follow? Uh, I appreciate y'all. If you want to see my links, it's just dreamrarelinks.com. It's like the dream rare, but dream rare links. I got every social media. Well, not everyone, but you get it. Appreciate you, Clint. Absolutely, brother. Any, anybody who wants to pick up Liberty Lockdown shirt, go to toplobster.com. We are... Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all.
Welcome to Liberty Lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweet from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus you're scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane You probably wonder what's happening Scared Hollywood Left these lyrical feppening A typo with Luke Might bring the nooses We all bite the bullet I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit Didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot But now I'm the shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic A rip for 59 Miles to ratio That black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping And rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus you're scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe